0: Welcome to Rector's Cupboard, the first episode of
1: the new year 2021. Yay!
0: But uh, that's a bit of a little melancholy version of all Lang Syne there. Fantastic.
2: I, I love it.
0: But a little bit, it's very appropriate for this year.
2: For 2020. It kind
0: of feels like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but this episode, though it is up on January 1st, 2021 which will be the beginning of the Roaring Twenties. Not yet, not quite yet, but later in the year. Um, This episode is a a year in review for 2020. Are you good for that?
2: There is a lot to review.
0: 2020, year in review. And have you... Longest decade ever. Have you watched or listened (laughs) to any other 2020 year in reviews?
2: I I did. My husband and I watched uh, the Netflix special Death to 2020. Uh, It was... It was pretty good. It was, there were certainly things that they brought up that I was like, oh, that happened this year. I, I just, I, yeah, I feel like what Amanda just said, like, um, so, it's been a long decade. That's
0: mm-hmm. called death to 2020. So right yeah. on that, right in the title, they're not like saying like, you know, the assessment of 2020 on all these year reviews, there's nobody who's going like, well, it's actually Is it's that it was good. a like, dumpster
1: fire. Yeah. Nobody's okay saying to say goodbye. You know, like. That's okay.
0: There yep. are no outliers. People who are saying, if you actually look at it, it was a pretty good year.
1: I have not met one of those. I have people
0: not yet. seen that either, and no. I'm not saying that.
1: Okay, good. No.
2: Okay, so what? I mean, here. well, I think that there were certainly redeemable aspects, to parts of it. Like not sure. all of 2020 was terrible. January was great. Um, no, it wasn't. No. Almost no, was the
1: start of World War III. Because it was right. The, right. what I, I remember. That. That. Okay, how about February? February was good. February.
2: Um, what happened in February? Uh, the impeachment. impeachment, that was good. okay. See, Mo- well, yeah, that was half good right half good. Yeah, <laughs> March. No. no, depends on where
0: you were. February, like in parts of the world, were already bad, right?
2: It was starting <laughs> to get sure. that way. Yeah, but there, I mean, were, like, there yeah. were shutdowns Haunted in definitely. February. Just not. So clear.
0: we're doing like a movie review thing too. You should watch Seventy Six Days. That's a documentary film on. Um, it would have been Wuhan in February, I would imagine.
1: Mm-hmm. which
0: is like where the pandemic started and such and oh, sorry where the pandemic started and such um, but good uh, good film so uh, I thought we would do well we're going to do year review, talk few talk through a few things and as we are rector's cupboard here and we're kind of looking at uh, post-evangelicalism uh, it's probably a good place to start to kind of ask the question how was 2020 for like the Christian Church and faith in general, particularly uh, the Evangelical Church in North America.
1: Good year. <laughs> oh, they nailed it! Totally nailed it. <laughs>
0: they, so I I've, think, as so, all
1: churches do, they adapted quickly. And
0: well, well, I well, churches did adapt, right?
2: Eventually, some well, some, <laughs> some. no, some eventually did. did not. Many did, but yeah, um, I I would say that there there were definitely good moments of reckoning that happened. Overdue mm-hmm. moments of reckoning that happened, particularly within like the evangelical church.
0: What's so when you say, re- so what's the kind of whether you're thinking church or not, other than COVID? So I'm not looking for other news story, but more like a social view or kind of like here's the human nature aspect of the year. What's the story of 2020? Like, what's the feel of 2020?
1: Pandemic aside.
0: Well, uh, c- it could be. It can be um, thinking about the pandemic. Like you can basically. It uh, almost it was to
1: me like the first thing that pops on my mind is protest.
0: Yeah. Protest is yeah.
1: Right. Not. No, I was thinking not that. just because of George Floyd and and Black Lives Matter. Although there was a lot of protest well, around that, but and then earlier
2: in the year there were climate change protests. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were people protesting, people protesting... People protesting mask wearing Lives freedom. And then people protesting
1: the, the election, yeah. either side of the election. Stop the vote, count, count the, the vote.
2: vote. Sometimes both from the same side. And then not
1: necessarily protest, but people taking to the streets because the election results were in, and it went
2: the way we hoped it would.
0: Well, the way we hoped it would, sure. the American yes. election, but it mm-hmm. went not the way a lot of people hoped it would. Um, no, yeah. I mean,
2: 70 million people voted for Trump. So
0: maybe 2020, not simply just like obviously the pandemic is the big story it's not even a story it's the whole thing it's, it's, well, it's the, the year year plus um but the the kind of feel of 2020 is this uh, drawing of lines yeah um whether you're standing in in your mind for justice or something like that or whether you're standing well some people would say they're standing for justice in terms of like freedom and individual rights yeah. other people saying you know standing for um social justice and whatever else it might be uh, that's probably a, a you know a, a theme for the year and all kind of as backdrop to what's happening where there's all this medical stuff and pandemic stuff going on around the world. So back to the church stuff. Um, If the theme is kind of those drawing of lines, how did the church do on that?
2: I think, I think lots of, of conversations that haven't happened before probably happened this year. I think it's probably fair to say that there was not as much movement as there should have been or could have been. Um, But I remember even just hearing people that I wouldn't have imagined a few years ago talking about um, colonialism, talking about racism, talking about other social issues like that that I I wouldn't have imagined them talking about a few years ago. Um, So I think there, there have been steps and while I think the majority of the church has, has tried to make those steps, you have certainly seen um, others that, that were unwilling.
0: Like some places becoming more entrenched yeah. or something mm-hmm. where the lines become— which is sad. Yeah, that's the I mean the, like if, if you look at churches, I've been I've probably seen more church in the last number of months than when I was a pastor at a church. Because sure. when you're a y- pastor, you do a bit a of church, church shopping, like yeah, around pastor on pastor Sunday church, mornings. You can't attend a bunch of other services. Yeah, but <laughs> welcome herein, to 2020. I don't know how many people. I mean, we do like a little survey. How many people when you can like stream or watch a service later? Because a lot of churches will put up a service and you can watch it at your convenience, kind of thing. Some you could go live or whatever. But um, either if you're if you're watching live or if you're watching later, how many people are kind of. Turning away for certain parts if they're watching live, or if they're not watching live, are they fast forwarding certain parts. Or I mean you can really do that, right? So I could sure. I could go to like five churches on a Sunday morning and take me like an
1: hour. And I'm sure there were people that did it. All right. from the comfort of your couch with your sweatpants.
0: Exactly. And so churches have had to like everybody, so adapt.
1: Well, and I but I think there is a positive note in that. Yeah. Because my hope for many of them is they'll continue to do that, and there is kind of a margin of every church community people who simply can't make it every Sunday, other because there's health conditions or it's just a family that just can't get it together on a Sunday morning, and that is okay. They can't, but then maybe they can watch and continue to be part of the community later. Yeah, coming out of this, I think that that's one of the positive things Mm -hmm. that I've
2: identified is I think of people who have been in church communities and then have maybe moved into long term care homes. Or um, just can't leave their houses as mm, easily. Sure. Mm-hmm. And this is a way that I they could feel positive. connected. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Um, I mean... Even
1: um, people who are afraid of technology, they kind of figured it
2: out. A lot of them, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, it has a lot of them that I've been kind of... Have gotten better. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the early days well, when they're recording and then later on. I've noticed one of the tricks that a lot of churches have uh, picked up lately is they've, they've realized how to do like a, a song... You know, using multiple multiple musicians, singers, whatever, um, like you used to see early on, only on like late night talk shows or something, and be like, "Oh, that's so cool! They're all in different houses, but they're playing together, mm, kind of thing." Yeah. And I know that like early on, churches or other groups try to do that, and the sound is terrible; it doesn't work. And the people have all worked off. out a lot of technological. But, case, but yeah. many of those places have worked that out, and yeah. it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty great. They've adopted technology. They've made all these kinds of changes, right? I
2: mean, I think one of my favorite kind of church stories from the year was the Italian priest oh, who at oh the beginning God. of the <laughs> pandemic, I think it was March, he did, I believe, a Facebook Live video of, of, his, of his mass. his the best. And he didn't realize that the... The, the facial, the, like, filters. Gain, the filters were yeah. on. And so it's got like him in like a cowboy hat or like, like the, the hat was like, like
0: lifting comic book weights. Yeah. One, and then oh my gosh. To, like, it's amazing. So it looks like Dan and blues brothers. <laughs> it's so and, good. And, it's, like, and then and it's all like Italian mass. Right? But the
1: best part is he has no, no clue. clue. So he just continues going with mass. It was lovely. There's
0: that was something that made me so happy. <laughs> Cause it's so funny. We can link it. Can't we? Yeah, sure. I'm yeah. sure. It's so funny. But it's endearing, too.
2: Well, and you go, like, he was legitimately trying to to relate his his church service to, to people, like, to his parishioners. And you go, there was... Well, he was could, trying to film it. Yeah. Well, and if you think about where that was... Like,
0: he didn't do the filter he, things That on was purpose. an
1: Italian service. Italy was fully right. locked in Oh, in yeah. History. Right? So, I mean, so if that brought a little bit of humor as well, I can amazing. still watch that video and laugh. It's great. It's great. great. Um... <laughs>
0: There's a, I can't remember who it's just coming in my head now. I think it's an Annie Dillard quote or something from years ago. I don't know if you guys have read any Annie Dillard, um, writes amazing stuff, really evocative kind of stuff and reflections on nature and whatever else. But she writes a lot on the church and faith. And I don't, I'm, I'm getting it wrong. So I, I think it's her. Misquote. Uh, who talks about <laughs> how church is so, and she loves it. So she's saying it from a positive perspective. Mm-hmm. But she's like, it's so ridiculous I think she uses the term like a dancing bear act. Like it's so, she's like, and without exception, like everywhere I go to church, it's ridiculous. And she kind of describes it either this this, or this. And she basically uses that as evidence to, this is evidence that God is real to some degree, that God puts up with this, with this kind of, and and so I'm saying it from an endearing perspective, but one of the things that, and I'm not accepting us from this either, but one of the things that struck me as I look through all these places, it could be a place that's got a ton of money and different things. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's all kind of, you know, someone singing okay. Same, same. And then a it's kind of it's same, a, same,
2: yeah, no matter and where then, you go. And, then well, and I actually really like the ones earnest, that aren't as some, slick as others. Like yeah, the ones the that are too kid, slick. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh no, that's not what I want to go to church for. <laughs> I want to have like... I, I like when when there's just a little bit of kind of humanity I mean to a degree, but I also kind of just like being judgy about that as well. full confession wow. there. I do enjoy the why did they choose that picture? How why did they
0: it do that? Be this bad and but, but I think now here's the I've also felt a little bit like it's the secrets out like. Most people don't go to church like in Canada. Behind the no, car most a people little. don't go This to is what it's really like. And if they saw it, this is actually <laughs> what's happening. Like it's like literally that people go, they sit there for an hour, okay. an hour and a half. And but now on the positive end, one of the things that's striking, you were both talking about it, is. The places that have found a way to emphasize the community aspect still, where you see well, people, you know, reading scripture from inside their own home. Yeah. Sharing mm-hmm. so, and it's amazing to see person after person after person, yeah. people still trying to connect. Right? Well, Because
2: what I think is the important thing in these services is that you're that you're trying to actually have community which means seeing real people doing real things. Like generally in a lot of churches, you have a lot of lay people who are doing certain aspects or elements of the service. And I think that's what makes it different from just watching some huge production team put something on. You go, no, this is so-and-so and and I've been at church with them for the last 25 Mm -hmm. years and I -hmm. know that this is their favorite song. Or like that you go, that's what I think kind of can help kind of bring life to this is going... There are real people, and they are they are gathering in many imperfect ways to to actually practice and celebrate their faith. And I think that that's the important thing. There's the beauty in it.
1: Yeah, I think it also outside of just the church is the other theme of 2020, and that's connection. Yeah. Ah, right connection. we've there's yeah. been a lot so really of
0: conversation You've got about these dividing lines yeah. but then also connection right yeah
1: uh, that humans are social creatures and we want to gather together in whatever form that might be church or concert or whatever right Yeah. but that connection still happened
0: there's an interesting thing I've, I've always felt with church that and i don't know if i'm overstating this but it i've seen it as one of the few places in our culture where you gather on a regular basis with people who are not like you mm mm-hmm. mhm I mean, you could you could argue work or whatever can be like that, um, but still at work you've got so it, at church um, you're often seeing people who are older than you or hopefully some younger um, people who different backgrounds different mm-hmm. and that that the way we've organized things in our culture now you often don't cross those lines so I think that. One of the positives coming out of the pandemic will be some of the things that people take for granted with gatherings like church.
2: Yeah.
0: It's going to feel fantastic to Mm -hmm. not take that for granted, to, to to basically go, I'm showing up at this place, I don't even know who that woman is or something, but I'm so glad to be here with... Her with mm-hmm. that person in their uh, presence to yeah. not take this for granted anymore. So that's generally how it, how it kind of the year for faith and church in 2020. Um, in terms of some of the specifics, like the more the stories, 2020 was uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That happened this sure year. It
2: was mm-hmm. um,
0: the fall of Jerry Falwell Jr., which is really interesting. Right. Um, 2020, you have in popular imagination or you know thought news maybe more so than he's been around for years, but maybe hasn't got the headlines of like a Jerry Falwell Jr. or a Franklin Graham or something. Uh, William Barber in North Carolina, who has these Moral Mondays and the kind of, so he's the he's the flip side of that conservative uh, hmm. right-wing kind of thinking. So he's more talking about, you know, helping the poor and doing, and so there's been some really good articles lately. There's an article... Um, just a couple days ago, I think, in the New York Times, an interview with William Barber where he talks about, um, you know, confronting Franklin Graham, um, asking Franklin Graham if he's read the Bible, which I thought was really interesting because uh, <laughs> William Barber's like, there's a, there's all of this in there, and you seem to be going mm-hmm. over here. And again, back to that issue, the, the concept of the dividing lines, even within, mm-hmm. within faith. Uh, one of the stories toward the end of the year, and we'll talk about this in terms of as we, and then move away from the faith and church stuff a little bit, is a, a pastor named Carl Lentz. Have you guys heard of Carl Lentz?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hillsong, New York. Justin Bieber's pastor. So yeah. I do, do you know the pastor details of the story? Pastor to the celebrities, the superstars.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I haven't heard him speak. I don't know much about him. I've read no. this news story. I mean, I know a fair bit about Hillsongs. Yeah. So he was a minister or pastor for Hillsongs in a New York church that became that attracted a lot of celebrities, that, so him and Justin Bieber and whoever else, right? And what happened?
1: Fall from grace. I mean, he had built kind of a church empire from the sounds of it. Like, they had VIP rows at the front, and yeah. things were kind of roped off, and he was attracted to celebrity, it sounded like. Um, so you know, there were green rooms in the back with full catering for people when they showed up. And even if they tried to sit with the rest of the congregation, somebody was instructed to go find those celebrities and bring them to the front. Um But then there were also stories about how he could go months without actually showing up because he was out traveling on somebody's private jet. So he wasn't really present in the More church like Kind either. of like a
2: pastor for hire.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, as many of these stories go, there was... Inappropriate sexual behavior mm-hmm. or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See... I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what that means. Like, I, what I mean is I don't know the details of that. I I don't. The, the I read interesting the story, I can't remember. thing
1: was that he cheated, um, but not with somebody connected to the church at all um, who didn't really so know who was. So they're not saying this is non-consensual or anything like that? No, no, yeah. no, no.
0: It's just, so it's more no, of the kind of standard No, there was infidelity, e- but the, yeah. the
1: interesting thing was he didn't tell this person who he was having an affair with that he was a pastor.
0: Oh, I didn't know any of that. Um,
1: wow. Which is just an interesting piece of that.
0: But he's kind of, I, I don't, is he like on the West Coast now and kind of rebuilding? And I mean, clearly he would know branding and marketing and all this kinds of things. I'm not r- he'll,
1: sure. He'll probably have a book next year, his story. I don't know.
0: The most interesting part to this story for me is the celebrity angle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't find that, like the other stuff is, we've heard it so many times that it's not, uh, I mean, it's actual people's lives. So you have to have some kind of, you know, compassion there. But, but in terms of, What's interesting about the story, it's that Hillsong's, to a large degree, has been built, marketed, sold still on that celebrity model. Just Mm -hmm. look at the way that, like, worship is done, right? Every Hillsong person is celebrity. They're up there singing. It's very very Even the emotional earnestness of it. I can't doubt it. I don't know what that person's feeling as they're singing. But it's also clearly image and marketing.
2: Mm -hmm. It is, and there's a lot of the, the Hillsong theology points towards um, like prosperity gospel stuff so a little bit of emotional manipulation well yeah. yeah and and there there is a worship of you know if if you're doing well god's clearly blessing you so, if so you want to emulate celebrities who are doing well financially and you know they'll probably do better if they point their lives towards god but it's a it's a way for marketing branding um like i remember <laughs> seeing all over like Facebook, when you have this huge celebra- celebrity have like a um, like a conversion experience, I think of Kanye and seeing people that I'm like, you don't even know who Kanye West is. And then You're when he had great Kanye, is. Yeah, yeah, this thing where I'm like, OK, but just because he's a celebrity, doesn't mean he along was the theme so of 2020.
1: Bad. Do you guys remember when he ran for president? Yeah, that also happened this year. Anyways. Yeah, I
2: think Kanye's had a rough year. Um, uh, like he's done in,
0: pretty well for himself.
2: I think that there's significant mental L- health like, struggles. Like, well, that's for sure. But, sure. And so, but
0: the, in terms of, like, income, aren't there, like, that Kardashian-Kanye crew, like, five of the top six? Oh, something that, like okay. from w- that circle. I think
2: they're doing I okay. I mean, they're not Jeff Bezos, but they're doing okay. <laughs> it might be yeah. right underneath. In the <laughs> <Yeah>. entertainment
0: industry. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah.
2: But, I mean, you have people like... Like, Kanye has his own church. hmm The Sunday well, service. The Sunday service. And it's it's a whole thing. And it, it's hard to... To divorce the the celebrity from mm-hmm. the popularity and what do you state? do if I mean I
0: don't know Hillsong's New York that church and I'm sure there's some good I stuff think it's happening Hills there Hillsong I think Hillsong, there's no, no s there's only one Hillsong
2: I believe so okay so
0: <laughs> let's the, make that
2: the, the definitive rector's Cover the, uh, position there is only the, one
0: <laughs> uh, celebrity matters now in terms of th- the theological perspective here you guys would probably know this but it is. Some degree, prosperity gospel, but it's also more um, what's called dominion theology, where the idea is if we can get people in positions of power in the world, both politically, but maybe even more importantly, culturally, mm-hmm. then we will be doing God's kingdom work. Yes, to but what's interesting about that number one, it's bad theology, dominion theology, just from a in terms of Christian theology, um, it's not. It's not very kind of solid, um, but culturally, the the implications for that then are well, anything goes. Then yes, you can it's spend very much anything on any green room. The, the ends justified the kingdom means. Work. So Carl yeah. no. Lentz was okay as long as there was no infidelity. See, to me, the bigger issue is the celebrity thing mm-hmm. that yeah. you've created this system. Well, and where I think
2: for for any of our listeners who are interested in this, it goes very much back to our conversation that we had with Catherine Stewart in June. Uh, the power worshippers where she Mm -hmm. talks about, like, there's a lot of that sort of theology. So listen to that if you're interested in this.
0: Yeah, and one of the things I found interesting there, like, you know, good Canadian uh, young man, Justin Bieber, and you follow his story and the difficulty he's been through. And when I look at the positive impact that him being associated with uh, a religious group, a church like this, this is the church he's been associated with, and the positive impact that's had on him—it has sure. helped him get yeah. out of some of these destructive behaviors. So I would never question that. But that doesn't mean that I then, therefore, say, "Yeah, Dominion theology is great." And kind of how Hillsong does—it is a celebrity machine. That's what it's
2: designed about. to do.
0: Yes. Now they could say, "Well, we're a celebrity machine in order to bring people to God." We'll have to look at you know what that all means. So I think I thought that was an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other kind of places where the church. Um, impinged into the cultural kind of thing. Um, obviously, churches defying any closing, you oh, know, And that's been happening the and entire stuff. And that's almost no churches. Pandemic. We need to say that.
2: Yes, the majority, the vast majority Wait, of churches 99 point whatever percent are of churches went to Zoom yeah. Yeah. and Skype. And, sure. I mean, and, and said,
0: we're doing this. And
2: it's difficult and it's not what we'd like to do, but right. we're going to do this because that's what we need to be doing right mm-hmm. now. Most churches did that. And then you have a couple that didn't. Like, there's a church out in Chilliwack that I believe has $18,000 worth of fines that they've accumulated in the last month. For gathering. For gathering because mm-hmm. they're refusing to stop. Mm-hmm. And
0: with it's, churches, it's hard. interesting because some churches, like, sometimes it's a cost benefit analysis thing. So, well,
2: publicity. I don't know. Yeah. There, I mean, the, the I thought that for businesses,
0: there's businesses that have received like $1,500 fines. And some of them have barely broken it or whatever, like, this is happening in Ontario. And uh, I thought, I read the news story and then thought, I think they did that on purpose. Mm. Because I'm mm-hmm. reading about them Because now. they could make And it more. only cost sure. $1,500. <laughs> like, right. To get right? It like every
2: paper s- across the news yeah, in mean, marketing. Yeah, maybe right.
1: yeah, I suppose. But there's also the argument that, you know, it's, that you're taking away freedoms and that's not God's will and... Those yeah, of or things. or the concept—it's my of right to gather the concept of worship
0: that what Christian faith—you know—the one of the engines of Christian faith is like standing up for our own rights. Mm. Um, I you know I that's not that. something
2: that I actually saw Jesus do very much. It seemed like when his life was on the line, he made different decisions.
0: Right, but I think as I try to understand people who are doing that. Um, I think to back to things like civil rights movement or whatever, where people were standing up for their own rights and we would be 100% behind them. So if you cast yourself as like a civil rights warrior, you're not going to shut my church down. You could see how that would work cognitively, right? Where you think you're standing up for the rights of these persecuted Christians, these persecuted minorities. I don't think that's at all what is going on. But if you started to think that way, it'd be easy to to do that, right? So,
1: Sure, well, if you buy into the idea that you're are- being persecuted.
2: Yeah. And I, I think there are ways that you can justify a lot of actions. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, I do think that there is, there is a responsibility on, on the side of, um, church leaders, uh, to go, this is bigger than us. We, we can do better than this. We can sacrifice our personal freedoms. Like no one's asking churches to shut down permanently. No one's saying, we will never let you regather. What they're saying is we're in the middle of a pandemic with a contagious virus. Gathering in groups of people is not a good idea. And and I think that the onus is on church leaders to, to go, this is what we are called to do as Christians, is is to lay down our lives for other people. And in this moment, when we're not being asked... <coughs> to to physically lay down our lives like I think of conscription and stuff like that from previous like world wars and that sort of stuff like but we're not being called to do that we're being called to to learn how to use zoom and to maybe invest some of our money in buying our church's appropriate equipment so that they can do online services better like and i don't think that's too high of a price to ca- to pay
0: it will be interesting so uh- Ask you this question before we move briefly to a political. Only um, briefly, we're so yeah, <laughs> brief here. A bit, there's been a bit of politics in 2021 as well, yeah. right? A little, <laughs> just um, a it. Do you? What kind of major changes do you see for the church when when uh, the gathering is allowed again, or will it just go back to what it was?
2: Like I, I think we said before, I, I hope that they keep an online portion because mm-hmm. there are there are people who. Who would attend church if, if they could, if it felt like it was something that was doable? Like, I, I remember as a young mom, I spent most of the service in the nursery with my baby. And that was my church experience. So for now a long you time. could, like, stay home. And but watch I could actually normally. watch the service mm-hmm. while my kid was napping, or like, it, it will make being at church and staying connected better for, for some people. I hope that that stays. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally hope that the when you're sick, you stay at home thing also stays. That's just just in life. Just in life in general. That if you that if you're feeling sick, you throw a mask on if you need to go grocery shopping. I hope that stays, and that there are aspects of that that in the church we learn how to take care of people. I think of people who have you know been checking in on their neighbors more often and that sort of stuff. And I think that's all great. Let's keep doing
0: that. Yeah, I think it's going to be curious. I mean, I talked to friends of mine who are pastors, ministers, and. And there's a tentativeness to, and, and, and the ones who are you're really good at, at expressing themselves kind of directly, honestly, instead of just kind of wishful thinking, and, and you know, it'll be great, um, are, are able to basically say, I'm not sure how it's going to be when it all comes back together. So for the political questions, um, there's been some politics in 2021. Do you that, remember? That ha- no, you remember- 2020. 2020. Or 2020, sorry. I'm Technically, just we haven't Speaking started 2021 thinking. yet. Um, I think
2: there's going to be politics in the you remember our prime minister,
0: young. Justin... I was going to say Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> Something terrible has happened in 2020. <laughs> remember, 2021 do you is happening. Twenty. Remember twenty twenty one. Remember Justin Bieber coming out of his house every day and updating us uh, as our prime minister on what's happening. Oh my goodness. Remember Justin Trudeau coming out. Yes, I do remember coming that. out I also of his remember house every day, emerging
1: and, from his home. Yes, emerging yeah. from his home. As Being
2: well. able to watch the slow growth of his hair—that was oh, the, yeah, the, the
0: natural <laughs> curl. Yes, really coming yes, out. that got very, yeah, yeah. very
2: mm-hmm. like quaffed. It.
0: <laughs> yeah, politics has been an interesting thing. I mean, there's been lots of Canadian politics. We've had an election, a provincial election mm-hmm. here. But the political story has been dominated by the United States this year. Has this po- this This episode is not the place to... We've spoke a lot about American politics in 2020 mm-hmm, yeah. on this podcast. Um, what do you find interesting about the political scene, particularly south of the border, I suppose, but Canada as well, in 2020 as we move into 2021? Anything that you see, like, oh, this is big, you know. We've got... Um, uh, Joe lot. Biden, forget his name, Joe Biden, Justin Bieber. Not Justin Bieber. Joe Biden uh, being uh, inaugurated on uh, January 20th. Yeah. Right? I'm ready. So be, ready. So there'll be a new president. mm mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, are things, are you hopeful for 2021 politically, particularly for the United States, or are you a bit more realistic, even pessimistic?
1: I'm hopeful. I, I mean, simply not needing to hear Trump's voice. Feels mm. like a bit of relief. Truth be told, there's been so much right. Less it's lately. just so constant, and yeah, just since the election, we really haven't heard from him.
0: And it was much. so tiring.
1: Yeah. yeah, so that alone actually kind of gives me hope. Um, the the news cycle being so fast, right? That there's just a new headline. It feels like every twenty minutes, of either yeah. the insane thing he said or did, or the other right that was taken away from something. Like I, my hope is that that slows. Um, and we don't hear about politics very much, and so the news doesn't
2: feel like an exhausting machine. Yeah. I mean, I where where I think I, I have concern is the fact that uh, even after the inauguration, the the remnants, the residue. Mm. Of of the administration of is still there. You see it in and of these
0: d- these divisions that we've yeah. been talking about. I mean, you, yeah, you see it when you look at switch.
2: at the Senate, at yeah. the Congress, at just there they there seems to be such deep entrenchment on on both sides. And we're still waiting for Georgia to vote the runoff. Like Generally. that actually yeah. will make and a that'll difference make big again. difference in how things yeah. can
1: run. I, and
0: go, I go back and forth. There's times when I feel really hopeful because I think. No, like, I the mean, the person I, in charge makes an enormous difference. Yes, like if you look, and I, I have always think hope of like in Slobodan Milosevic or whatever in mm. what, what was Yugoslavia and 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 the battles over there around the same time as Nelson Mandela. And I don't know how accurate I'm being in describing it this way, but what I have in my mind is that if you have a leader who uses the worst in people and tries to foment those divisions, yeah. it has an enormous impact on culture well, and society. We've seen if what that has done in the last five years. If instead tries to say, yeah. no, look at the other person mm-hmm. who you completely and totally disagree with, but, Look at them as a person. You see their humanity. That can be an enormous change. Sure. So I'm hopeful when mm-hmm. I think that way because I think Biden certainly. I don't know who Biden. Like I'm sure he can't stand some people, but I think he actually likes the people who support Trump. Like he, has, he knows, like he likes well, the working class. kind sure. of. You, you know he actually.
2: Mean? He I think he truly cares for them, even if he doesn't agree with them politically. I think he sees he sees that their humanity gives them value. They matter because they are.
0: So it's probably. Um, the word of the year in 2021, hopefully. Uh, and I guess the word of the year in 2020 is COVID, right? 2021, it'll be like COVAX or something, which is the the short for COVID vaccination. But culturally- I don't know if I'm going to use Culturally, that. maybe the word of- That's
2: Todd's word. That's Todd's word.
0: No, it's everywhere. <laughs> I didn't read that. Not anywhere. in this room. So the, the word of the year culturally, um, maybe in terms of faith and other things- for 2021 could be or should be empathy
2: i hope so Mm. that would be really that and so there's an
0: article we'll link it it's i think it was like today or something that was arguing along these lines and makes the point that there are different kinds of empathy that mostly when people think empathy they think of what's called emotional empathy so you know amanda you and i know each other and something difficult or bad happens in your life and i'm able to um try to feel what you feel as mm-hmm. much as i can right that that um so to feel some kind of empathy to your act that's emotional empathy and that's what most people think of but this same writer was talking about what's called cognitive empathy where you're not trying to feel what the other person feels. You might completely disagree on things. You might completely see the world differently. But cognitively, you're seeking to understand how they came to that perspective. And that it's this second kind of empathy, cognitive empathy, that is going to make an enormous difference in 2021 if we go down those paths, right?
1: Bringing back discourse. Yeah, across all these It's okay of these not lines. to agree with everything, but talk about it. Don't rage at it
0: yeah like yeah. to and and that there's some hope there the other term that they mentioned was it's a, not a it's kind of a clunky sounding term but they talked about what what they call deep canvassing so the whole idea there is you're instead of mean to instead I? of trying to say things and make arguments to and at people you're literally trying to so canvassing you're you're basically asking them questions about their life their background hmm. their and that's what helps get you to this Cognitive empathy, this understanding, because I, because I think if we look at we talked about faith in the church, but then politics, it's that those dividing lines that we've talked about, the relationship to the other, where an opponent becomes an enemy, something like that. That if we go down those lines, so generally I can be hopeful, but then I'll read an article or see a thing or even just think a thing. Um, think about being. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but being at like Dachau concentration camp in, in Germany near Munich. Um, where there's the history of how these things came to be, and thinking at the time, well, that couldn't really happen in our world now. And then you realize, nope, even mm-hmm. with all this information technology, well, in some ways it's easier. We're, and if we're not can, more advanced. Yeah, and if you can identify regard. the the other as an enemy, then you can get people to think anything. So one of these negative, one of these articles that made me not feel hopeful was, maybe Donald Trump is just the test run for authoritarian takeover. Mm-hmm. Because if somebody who's more disciplined, yep. more intelligent
2: less yeah. reckless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's
0: clear that the United States could have been taken it over. Could have gone very differently. By it, it mm-hmm. could have ceased to exist with someone week. more skilled. And what's deeply troubling to me in that is that for the most part the evangelical church lined up behind they the They were complicit in it. Who mm-hmm. would mostly have.
1: and are still, and unfortunately. Are still. Right, the protests about who actually run the yeah. election is ongoing.
0: And and that's deeply deeply troubling mm-hmm. to me. So interesting there. So the final kind of thing to talk about. Uh, we've got this New Yorker cover. Have you oh seen that from December seventh? It's so Do good. It?
1: That is my life in an um, image. We'll put a link to it. <laughs> um,
0: it's
2: it's it's great. It's. Um, oh, I don't
0: even have the 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 um, artist name. We will I'm find. So that sorry, out. we'll put that on there. But it is an absolutely fantastic cover of a young woman sitting in her apartment. Um, I guess it, it looks more like. So you're looking at it now. It looks more like she's on some kind of social thing, maybe because she's got a drink in her hand, right?
2: She's got a drink in her hand, but she's got her phone out of sight underneath the desk, and you can tell like her legs are Zoom happy hour. Yeah. I can tell you what that is. I've been on many of
1: them. This <laughs> it's a Zoom happy hour. <laughs> Absolutely. She's like, I know exactly. Yeah, I know what's happening there. So
0: she's got makeup on. Her hair's kind of sure. done a little bit. Earrings. Maybe.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And slippers and. Well, shorts. And you can see there's a partition behind her to block the messy bedroom, and she's got a light facing her to light her better. And there's like four, yeah.
0: three or four Amazon boxes.
1: Her laptop is stacked up on books yeah. to get the right Perfect. angle, so you don't have. Too I've many learned
0: about, Yeah, I've learned mm-hmm. about that. That, there's that med- is a, yeah, that is a useful Some <laughs> medication <laughs> there. There's some takeout yeah. containers there. No. There's gloves, little uh, dumbbells, masks. Like three masks on the floor. Cats. And cats. Um,
1: and cats. <laughs> Amanda, does
2: that look familiar? But I'm you telling you,
1: this is my life in an image. Someone just came into my apartment and just like... That's creepy. That's it, right there. <laughs> right down to the litter box, right behind my office chair. Because that's the only place we could put it. Oh my goodness.
0: And what's... You know, I love the, I love this the second that I saw it. It's I, perfect. And, and I and I know we're not the only ones who do. Apparently it's, it's, you know, people are trying to buy it already and all this kind of stuff. But um, I, I would look at that and go, you actually can't paint that image you can't make that art without empathy Mm
2: -hmm. that's the
0: interesting thing to me i mean good good actors will say you can't act without empathy it's hard to write Mm -hmm. music well or poetry certainly without empathy um and so i think i look at images like this actually makes me hopeful for those reasons that people are able to say i understand um you know we what we've all felt in this time (laughs) and and it's the posturing i don't just mean her like sitting in her chair but i love that the artist has remembered to put like the medication there and the mess
2: no and i I think 2020 is the year where we learned if we didn't already know limitations Mm -hmm. about like like when when school was not called back after uh spring break this year I very much had reinforced my limitations in my feeble, feeble attempts to homeschool my daughter. I didn't think I was ever going to be good at it. And I was proved very right. But um, you tried. I did try. It was so frustrating. It was It was terrible. But I, I feel like we we learned that there are times where we just need to rest. And we learned mm-hmm. that there are times where we just need to say no to certain things. And And I don't know whether this year is just because emotionally I think I'm just saturated like I, I've reached saturation level a long time ago but I feel like maybe something in the future is like I'll, I'll just say no to things more mm-hmm. often and just be like well, either I can pop in virtually if you want to throw me like we can do a zoom link or like I just can't do that there are other ways like the world will revolve if I am not present there mm-hmm. and I think this this year has proved that like people are not infinite beings we we are very very finite and that's okay
0: well one of the things that comes with that is that we fail
2: oh my goodness and that's ever?
0: another reason this image is good is mm-hmm. that you know there are and like, you talking about trying to homeschool or trying to do that you know online schooling uh you fail. everybody failed in 2020 and it's still happening to a large degree right mm-hmm. so how we come to terms with that. The uh, last thing that I wanted to ask about then was how does 2020 change the way that we relate to people? Mm. Does it? Are you going to relate to people differently once things open up again? Or no? I mean, you wouldn't want to put pressure on, right? But
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I like what Allison was saying about having permission to say no to things. Um, 2020 really highlighted how tired I actually was um, mm. from constant movement. Um, and traveling and work and all the things that I actually didn't say no to when I really should have. Um, so there's this weird disconnect between having more rest than I think I have in years because I had to Mm -hmm. and just stay still, but I'm also exhausted from the rest Mm -hmm. and just all of the emotional energy that's come with 2020. Um, but being able to say like, no, I'm tired and I'm just not going to, and that's okay. There's a permission in that. Um, but man, I can't wait to go to a large event. And yeah. just be with other be people that I don't even know.
0: Crowds kind of matter in some ways. They well, absolutely
2: do. And yeah. I look forward to, I look forward to to being able to touch people more. Mm-hmm. I mean that in least creepy way possible. Um, <laughs> but even even like like family that that we've been Human close contact. with during the entire um, pandemic. Like I'm still. Very limited in touch with anyone other than you like notice it my every household. time you
0: say goodbye to somebody. If you see somebody in person, even if you're like, you know, 12 feet away, yeah, or whatever, you drop mm-hmm. something off at their like house, like you want to touch them and you're like, okay, goodbye. And it just feels, mm-hmm. yeah, doing no doing
1: kind of Christmas present runs, yeah, um, just not that long ago and like just
2: wanting to hug your friends. So it's the it's just a greeting Merry and the same Christmas, yeah, 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 no. And I think, I think this year, I I, I think I will strive to have more more compassion for people in I mean I've I've had periods of, of time before where where I feel like I've reached limits with with other aspects of my life, but this this feels on a different scale. Um, but but my my friend uh, has has often reminded me like, you know, be compassionate towards other people because everyone's engaged in difficult struggles. Mm-hmm. Like and and I go I think this is a year where we've all realized kind of like the invisible pain that a lot of people are in. Um whether that be emotional or relational or physical um that that I think we've all experienced that in ways that we maybe haven't before and I think that I want to be more intentional about going okay well that person's not just trying to be you know difficult with me that I think that they're they're it's having a rough day or I think that this maybe is going on.
0: It is the hope that we can do that across those lines.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so one of the things that I've noticed actually is just eye contact with people. I'm feeling that a lot more. I mean, I tend to be very shy. Mm-hmm. I don't like to say hello to people mm-hmm. in elevators. I just don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm the person that will pick up their phone and look away as though I have something very important to look at just so that I don't do the weird awkward hellos and I've found that those have actually kind of gone away and I don't know if it's because so many people are looking for some kind of connection even if it's fleeting um, but just getting into an elevator and you've got your mask on and maybe it's the masks as well but there's a lot more eye contact and very quick hellos but there's a, a momentary connection mm. with people that like I kind of hope appreciation
0: of human contact even that's yeah not just
1: an acknowledgement like you're alive that and I'm alive and go this, about yeah. your day yeah yeah and I think there's actually something kind of beautiful about that even when you're just walking down the street or shopping or
0: so, well, we're, you know, we're glad to say goodbye to 2020. It's uh, 2021 now as we put this down. We've got some great episodes coming up. We've already recorded the next two. two yeah. mm-hmm. um, the next one in two weeks from today is Padre Otuma, who is a poet and a theologian, a fantastic writer um, who joined us. We were so pleased to speak with him. It's fantastic. Um, and then after that, a local pastor um, named Kurt Allison, who shares his story of growing up in a in a church environment that they thought that Southern Baptists were dangerously liberal. Um, so they were about as, um, Such about, great as conversations. Uh, about as conservative as you could get. And he's not at that place anymore. So we're looking forward to that. But I thought to end um, our little review of 2020, uh, sometimes you see the, the pe- people we lost in 2020. I'm only going to mention one. There's a number of, of uh, celebrities and political mm. figures and others. And of course um, the, the, astounding number of people who have died from from this virus but one of the people who died not of covid but of cancer in 2020 uh, is john lewis who is a civil rights leader and then member of congress in the united states many people will remember him he'd be easy to look him up um, and john meacham historian in the united states has written a book on john lewis's life in regards to the civil rights struggle and uh, he was finishing it um, as John Lewis was in the last stages of of his illness. And actually John Lewis wrote the afterword. And I just want to read from it because we're uh, connecting with a number of people who have some kind of connection from or to Christian faith. And uh, some people are called like sojourning evangelicals or ex-evangelicals or whatever. John Lewis offers the picture of somebody who is guided by hope no matter what. And his words can almost sound trite or naive. Until you understand his life, what he did, that he put his life on the line time after time after time, and it changed the world. People like him, most of whom never became members of Congress. Um, this is a little bit of what he wrote in the afterword to John Meacham's book, which is called um, His Truth is Marching On. John Lewis says, I have long believed, I have long preached, that our nation's moral compass comes from God. It is of God, and it is seen through God, and God so loved the world that he gave us the countless men and women who lost their homes and their jobs for the right to vote. God gave us children of freedom who lost their lives in a bombing in Birmingham, and the three young men who were killed in Mississippi. But above all else, God gave us courage The power to believe that what I call the spirit of history behind us is stronger than the terror of hatred in front of us. That is what I believed then, and I believe it now. Within all of us, there is the spark of the divine that helps us and moves us. This force is part of our DNA. Maybe it's planted by God Almighty, and we have to use it for good, to be the best we can be. We've come too far. We've made too much progress as a people to stand still or to slip back. When I was growing up, there was a song that people would sing in church. I'm so glad that trouble don't last always. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. You have to believe that. You have to believe it. It's all going to work out. Happy New Year.